When the day's been long and it's time to unwind It's time for the boys to poke around in your mind If you're like me and you like to laugh once in a while Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Brian took the glass in his hand, raised it to his mouth, and as the cool, burning liquid flowed into his mouth, his thoughts wandered back to everything that had happened. This was going to be a long drink. Ooh, chills down the spine, Kyle. Rightly so, rightly so. And hello, listeners. I'm sure that that sent many a chill down your spines as well. Um... So, welcome to a very special episode, or episodes, of Two Fops. I, as always, I'm, I'm Kyle. And I'm David. And uh, it's b- been a while, but uh, we're here to do something a little bit different, a little bit out of the ordinary, I suppose. And, uh, and I must stress that this is not episode... 13 of Two Fops. Episode 13 is still in post um, <laughs> and it should be with you ASAP. Um, One might almost say it's in a vault. Yeah, s- stay stay tuned to the Twitter and Facebook feeds for regular updates on the status of episode 13 and of course future episodes from that. But uh, enough of that kind of chat. Let's get back to the task at hand. But, uh, of course, I, I, I think it would do as well to hear a bit more from David at the start. Um, you know, would, would you perhaps like to give an intro to what you understand this episode will be about? You know, what this experience will be, both for our listeners and for yourself? Yes. Wonderful. So, uh, as many people know, Two Fups began in a, a humble little flat in Edinburgh, mm. um, which... You know, is renowned and has been for some time as one of the great literary cities of this world. I think the blue plaque is planning to be put up by New Year. The blue plaque for the birth of Two Fops. Okay, I was a bit lost there. Instead, yeah. actually, it's interesting you bring up blue plaques. Are you familiar with the famous Brighton blue plaques? It's it's one of the more <laughs> more popular walking tours that we have around. Already, I, Brighton I digress. Tangent. I digress. However, if anyone is in Brighton this coming weekend, don't just do the pier, don't just do the beach, and certainly don't go to Hove. Instead, treat yourself to a bit of culture, immerse yourself in the history, and see if you can see if you can get all the plaques. It's uh, it's 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 quite the walk. I'll say that much. Anyway, um, so. Oh, bye. <laughs> So as it's the Edinburgh Fringe Festival at the moment, we at Two Fops sort of thought, well, isn't it a bit of a shame that because Kyle is no longer in the city, we can't really contribute to the festival in any meaningful mm. way? Um, and then and then you, Kyle, had this, this wonderful idea as how we might be able to make not just a contribution to it, but in some ways transcend its rather sort of, um, you know, trashy gutter feel that everyone's everyone's complaining about these years. How, yeah. how, how are we going to do that? Well... <clears throat> um... It, you know, I, I do think it was a rather 
wonderful idea. Uh, so I'm glad that's how you put it. Um, so, um, eagle-eared viewers at home will, of course, realise that we opened this podcast with what seemed to be a quote from a book by perhaps... By perhaps Dickens, Fitzgerald, or even Chaucer, uh, but I think <laughs> I'm sorry, Chaucer. I, I, uh, Chaucer. Yes, yes. But uh, um, allow me. Like, allow that's, me. That's a bit much, Carl. Allow me, please, to pull the rug out from under you when I tell you that that your humble podcaster, Kyle, um, has been a bit of a wordsmith in you. days gone by. In days gone by, a bit of a wordsmith. And um, <clears throat> and it has to be said that I haven't completed Psych- many works of prose. Many works of prose. Uh, but there is one uh, especially that is quite near and dear to my heart that uh, was completed and um, was shared with at least two of our premier friends of the, the, of the sh- show, uh, one of whom... Uh, admitted to the fact that it brought him close to tears, which I can think of as no higher praise. You didn't tell me that. That's well, yeah. was 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 one of was one of these. Okay, so I think I think it would be egregious to go into any more detail than that, especially on air. Do, do, do I do I know them personally? You know them both. I know them both. Do I know one of them well? Yes. Oh damn it! Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's let's get going then. <laughs> um, so yes, um, so I you know as we mentioned, it had been a while since David and I had put on our podcasting hats, um, and there are a few reasons for uh, why that has happened. But I decided you know we may as well get back on the horse as 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 quick as possibly, and one of the best ways to do that that wouldn't involve any prep uh, would be. For me to provide a reading of this uh, of this work of art that I composed some time ago, um, so um, you know, I think there is an, there there are a few podcasts out there that have um, tried this approach in the past. One has been quite successful. Uh, I won't name a name here, but you know, if, if, if you click out of this in your podcast app and go to like the top 10, I'm sure it'll be up there. Um, but what, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to re- read this tale aloud. Uh, it's, it's quite long, so we're not sure if this will be one episode or whether it'll stretch out to a couple or even a few. Mm, uh, it so it could be our Hobbit. It could be our Hobbit. It could well be our Hobbit. Um... Let's but I think it'll be an enjoyable time for us all. But, David, would you care to elaborate on uh, what you are aware of in terms of this tale? So I, I've been kept behind a veil of ignorance. Um, mm. As you probably gathered, I wasn't even aware that other people had, had heard this. Mm, um, so so I, I know nothing about the, the genre. I, I don't even really know when Carl wrote it. I, I get the impression that he was a fairly young man. But... Mm. Um, but for all I know, it could have been last month. Young at heart, at least. Uh, Young at heart, at least. Yeah, that's that always goes first. <laughs> well, I can think of no finer time to elaborate on that than the present. So, um, yeah, this was a story that I wrote in 
November of 2011, I believe. Hmm. So I would have been, uh, God, what would I have been? You would have been a, a second year. So, yeah, but one, 20, I think. I think I would have been 20. Mm-hmm. Just turned yeah, 20. 20. I'd have just turned 20. Just on the cusp of my second d- d- decade. Mm. And, um, and therefore fully responsible for all of the, the qualities and pitfalls of your acting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, now, I did write a foreword at the time as well, uh, which I won't read out aloud here because, I mean... That would be quite arch indeed, but um, I mean, we've we've all written our own forwards, Carl. Absolutely, you are supposed to get someone else to do it, though. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, within my forward, uh, I did call this tale a catalyst of catharsis. Um, you, you, think- would, you would have done well in the Colding Crew, Kyle. That that mastery of the alliteration of the sea. That you would have done true. very well indeed. That much is true. Um, and a little bit of personal and historical context for all of you, David included, was that this this story came in the wake of a previous romantic relationship of mine. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm, mm. So it is, it is a tale of heartache. Um, I'd say it's maybe about 50% personal experience. Uh, and then the other fifty percent came out of a dream that I had. There was it was a dream I had in the uh, in the wake in the wake of the of this relationship. A, a, a dream came to me. Uh, my muse spoke to me in a dream, and my my heart was touched in such a way that I thought this must be recorded for posterity. Uh, so it was at the time, and now, of course, it will be spread and shared. Um, so the, ca- the, the Would, would you mind me briefly interjecting? Oh, of course. Because when you mentioned dreams, that reminded me of a dream I had myself the other night, in which... Wonderful. And this, this was a point where I realised I'd, I'd definitely crossed the line, in which Hollywood's... Sorry. Um, in the dream, Hollywood screenwriter Max Landis and myself and a number of friends, some some of which I can remember and some of which I think were in the crew, you might have been there, but I have a feeling you didn't interact with Max, um, mm-hmm. were hopping around various sort of parties that were happening in suburban houses on the, the lower South Downs. That's, that's all on that. Wonderful, wonderful. I, you know, I, and I'm sure there will be uh, an, an, an outpouring from your heart to the page about that tale at some stage. And I, for one, can't wait until that little trilogy of podcasts Actually, comes out. now that you mention that, because you mentioned that you were about 20, so, so this was, was autumn of second year when you wrote this. Mm. So th- this was the same sort of time that I gave up on writing, effectively. I was writing a similar story at the same time. Not about I heartbreak. I gave, I gave up not long after this. I think yeah. I've, I've been riding the wave of self-congratulations since I completed this. Well, you see, I've been drowning under the wave of self-pity since I failed mm. to complete my story. And I cannot... So, so, like, I mean, I think it's quite interesting that that's the sort of time when people sort of start to lose their artistic kind mm. of dreams. Like, unless they actually go on to become actual artists. That's, I think, is the sort of point where the sort of scales of naivety drop off. Mm. Um, but what, what's imp- already sort of impressed me about you and has, has sort of sent me into a bit of historical jealousy is that you did actually complete your art. 
whereas mine meandered into a sort of a failed 80-page nothingness. Well, I must say, you know, I completed at least a draft of it. I mean... Oh, no one has time for that. You, you, don't, you don't want to dull it, Carl. You don't want to dull it, no. But uh, I mean, this much is true even from the short excerpt we opened this episode with that a redraft could really have helped this. So we are going in quite raw into this uh, into this piece. Um, but yes, the protagonist is a thinly veiled analogue of, uh, of Kyle at 20. Uh, his name is Brian. That, 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 uh, that, that already raises several questions. I what's, mean... Well, of course, and again, eagle-eared viewers will be aware that a premier friend, a long-time supporter of Two Fops, and myself personally, is Brian. Um, and this was written partly in a response to a piece that he wrote. Now, not in terms oh. of tone or genre, but he wrote... Um, a piece not long before I did um, the one you're about to hear, and his protagonist was called Kyle. Oh, and so, so this he, is like a, a literary sort of reply to that. In a way, in a way. But he assured me that Kyle was not named after me specifically. The name just felt right for his character. Um, <laughs> I okay. cannot, I cannot make such, such claim. I was more than happy to be given a name for my character in such a way and appear in some way gracious as well. Um, now, uh, I won't, uh, you know, I won't be um, out there enough to n- name the girl with whom my relationship with, um, or w- with whom my previous relationship with, I must add, uh, inspired the telling of this tale. Um, Does she know it exists? Uh, oh God, no, 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 no. But you know, quite a few of the people who hear this um, show do know her, and you know, if it makes its way back to her, and in some way grants both of us some closure, five years on, then you know, I could die happy in the morning. I um, I remember you telling me a little bit about this, and you also seem to sort of intimate that. Around the time of the breakup, one of the things that got you through it was a book by was it is it Patrick Roth Rothfuss? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it was it the name of the wind? Was that was no? That it? it was the sequel. Actually, it was the wise man's fear. The wise man's fear. Okay. Yeah, which was this vast tome uh, that worked as some rather healthy escapism. I see. Okay. Yeah, it got me through that time. I would say. I have to say, I'm really excited about this because I'm glad. I'm, I'm. I think in 2016, you're running a great risk in reading a story like this out because oh, you know sure. it. It sounds to me like the feminist angle of of, of criticism on this could be very Ooh. interesting indeed. No, knowing, ha- knowing you, it hadn't even occurred to me. Uh, I, you know, I don't think the analog of this of uh, of this girl is painted in too harsh a light at all. I think I've been quite fair. Mm, okay. Uh, but those out there who know me will probably pick up quite quickly on who it was supposed to be, if you haven't already. Um, I certainly know. But, David, if you are excited about this at present, that excitement can only grow right now as I reveal the title of the story. <clears throat> we, we certainly know how to propel her. I think so. Don't we? I think so. Our momentum is palpable. Anyway... This tale is called 
Saturday Saturday night, Sunday morning. Oh, okay. Morning is spelled with a U. Oh, oh. Saturday night, comma. Sunday morning, which doesn't really have any connection to the content. But I just, I allowed myself a wry smile when that one came off the lips. I, uh, I don't want to interject too much for the sake of bogging down the... No, that's what we need. We need, we need your critique, your observations, your interjections at any time. But, We've all the time in the world. Okay, but, but, I, but, I, but I do feel that the title deserves a, a, a special sort of... So, so the very first thing that leapt into my head was, um, and you might not be flattered by this, maybe you will be, was the, um, the, uh, the, the spin-off to the, the popular Channel 4 Soaps Hollyoaks. In which they did a show called, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, like Hollyoaks the morning after. Um, in, in which I believe some of the characters would, would go off to some other location, um, mm. lay with other people they found there, possibly yeah. themselves, and then the next morning would deal with the consequences. And oh. and your t- your title definitely evoked that. So Saturday I'm night, I'm hoping Saturday for a similar night. sort of raunchiness and depth. Okay, and David, I think. I will deliver in spades. But uh, I think we've rambled on for long enough. And so without further ado, let's begin. Saturday night, Sunday morning, by Kyle Lamb. The bar stool felt warm as Brian sat down. This was no strange thing for an airport bar stool as the frequency and number of flights to and from Stuttgart Airport meant that, th- meant that the supple, worn cushions often felt the closeness of human contact for an enjoyable, yet all too brief, period, before being left alone again, quickly abandoned, and even more quickly, f- f- forgotten. Hmm. Stuttgart. How does- how does that? Yeah, Stuttgart Airport. That, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I, I, th- I think I have an idea about where this story might be going based on sort of. It might be going to Stuttgart. It, it might be. Yeah. Um, but based on what little I know about the events, I, my my guess, and we'll see if I'm rewarded here, is you're imagining what might possibly have happened had you had you only taken a certain plane. Let's read on. Okay. I like this. Airports are a good place to start a a story like this. God. Had Brian been in any fit state to realise such things, he would doubtlessly have taken some time to ponder on the similarities between this barstool and himself. But crushing loneliness can have strange effects upon a man. So, breaking away from his norm... He sat down and ordered a drink. What exactly he was served, he did not really know, but he hoped that it would suffice. Brian had never been much of a drinker. He never, had never, no been, never been much for drinking. Well, you see, this, this is quite strange, because at this time I very much was a drinker. This came, you know, the, the, there's, I think there is about a year-long period, um, I, you know, Ironically, between kind of the end of that previous relationship and the beginning of the one I'm in now, so about eight months or so, Mm. where I took to the drink quite well. And I don't know if that's related 
to that period of my uh, availability, as it were. Um, but you know, I I I hit it and I hit it hard. That's interesting. And With and yet panache. there's there's some element of your subconscious that was already railing against it. Mm. Mm. You're, 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 it sounds like you're a man at war with yourself. Mm. I, I like it. Okay. Ah, there we go. He's a, he's a contemplative figure, this Brian, isn't he? Well, he'd never been much of a drinker. <clears throat> he had no religious or m- moral objections. He quite simply didn't like the taste. He found it, at best, overwhelmingly unpleasant. And at worst, painfully throat-scorching. He had never quite left that childhood stage of finding the most exciting drink imaginable to be a frosty chocolate milkshake and found it hard to believe that anyone of his age could feel otherwise. You know, he's, he's, he's a man that's easy to fall in love with, this Brian. I'm, I think I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm finding him very relatable. I think so, and yet... He doesn't have the best history with love, as we no, will find out. No, he's, he's, he's been unlucky in his affections, apparently. He has been... This, and this is a man who has been brung low. Oh, I can Brung tell. low by a woman. Anyone who starts off with, at best, it was overwhelmingly unpleasant. You know, we, we know we're in for a real pain. <laughs> <laughs> so he found it hard to believe that anyone of his age could feel otherwise regarding the frosty chocolate milkshakes. <clears throat> And so strong were these feelings that he viewed any of his peer group, regardless of how close a friend they were, who proclaimed a desire for a cold beer, and that's in inverted commas. That is a terrible phrase though, isn't it? Who proclaimed a desire for a cold beer with contempt, verging on scorn. They are scum, aren't they? Aren't they though? Like, Like, yeah, like true words are never spoken. Like, They're just not our kind of people. Like I, I would happily heart thump that Brian over that one. Well, David, you know it, 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 it is hard to, to remember. I know, but effectively, I'm Brian, we, and that can't be stressed <laughs> enough. I, I, I think I might have found my first like point of criticism though, which I didn't want to find this early. Oh but, my word! Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Scorn is worse than contempt. I would say contempt is pretty much as far as you can go without verging full into hatred. I think scorn comes comes quite a bit sooner. But maybe, maybe, I'm only taking a surface level reading, maybe what the writer is trying to tell me is that Brian's sense of... Scorn? You know, sense, sense of proportion. Maybe his, like, you know, connection between... <laughs> Between the real and the unreal, the conscious and the unconscious, the fantasy and the reality. Maybe that's been so damaged by what he's been through that scorn has become contempt and contempt has become scorn. You know, David, I think that if these episodes are going to prove anything, I think they will prove that I am a closeted author and you're a closeted critic, amongst other things. (laughs) It can only end well for one of us. For sure. Anyway... Uh, contempt, virgin, and scorn. So, as the as the stout, authoritative German barman approached and demanded that he order a drink, whoa, 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 Brian, hang, hang on, hang on. Is he in Stuttgart or, in a, or at, at the airport going to Stuttgart? I, he's I, I in Stuttgart airport. Ah, right. Okay, okay. So, as the stout, authoritative German barman 
approached and demanded that he order a drink, Brian had no choice but to ask for something strong. He had I, always. I'm, I'm finding it. I'm finding it difficult to like. I, you know, I, I was. I was relating to him, and that, at that point, have you ever heard someone say something strong? Something when, strong. I've, I've never heard that. Not, not from a twenty-year-old. Well, no, I've, I, you know, I haven't done that per se. But my cousin Glenn and I, and I think uh, you will remember Glenn as the composer and performer of the Two Fops um, anthem. Um, he and I were in a bar in Portugal once, and asked the barman to surprise us. That that is something I've always wanted to do. Surprise um, me! It didn't end well. <laughs> what did he give you? Well, he lifted a bottle of of um buka, and uh, I quickly went, "Oh no 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 no!" No, because I not that I, kind of surprise. I've I'd had a bad experience with that particular drink in the past, and you know, at that point, he did glare at me with and. To quote a younger Kyle, contempt, virgin on scorn. And so I kind of said, ah, that's okay. And he poured that in and a few other bits and pieces and probably charged a bit twice what it was worth. Hmm. See, my understanding of Brian so far is that he would have said, just water, please. That's, that's, that's what I feel the character would do. You know, I would agree with you if this was any other day. Oh, Oh, that was very good. Let's, well, let's let's find out more about this day. Let's read on. He had always yearned to be able to walk into a bar and order the the usual. Again, that's in inverted commas. I'm glad we preempted that. <laughs> but but the aforementioned disdain for anything even remotely intoxicating had kept this simple pleasure at bay. He had never felt this desire tug at his inner being more strongly than when he had been confronted by this scowling, unfamiliar barman. And he had never felt more childishly pathetic than after he had made his order. You know, it's, it's interesting to hear this passage read out in this post-Brexit climate. Mm. Because obviously this was written you know, half a decade before the tumultuous political yeah. events of recent months happened but mm. it, it does sound like we can already sort of see that in the culture in which this was being written there was a sort of you know, may, maybe a little bit of anti-continental sentiment already kind of bubbling under people's surfaces a, a tendency to caricature which possibly which, but then again is, is it a caricature or is the real caricature us the reader for buying into that so readily are we being I held th- up a mirror and said this is how you see things you know, I can't really address that because I am becoming acutely aware of perhaps an underlying air of of xenophobia in this piece that may come out and drawing <laughs> off it. Wow. So so far, the German bartender is coming off pretty nuanced. I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's been fine. I you know I I, I it's it's the kind of rule that. When the HBO mini series inevitably comes out, could be played by someone say of, of the caliber of, let's say, a very young Peter Wingard. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think you'd find one today. I don't, I don't think there are many left. Unfortunately not. No. Um, 
Anyway. <clears throat> As the barman turned with precision to a bottle that contained slightly more liquid than the others at the bar, Brian seized this brief opening to survey his surroundings. His mind lingering on more important matters, he had failed to take in this strange new environment upon entry. But this interaction, as short and sharp as it was, with a fellow human being, as short and sharp as he was, had brought him back to the real world for the next few seconds at least. That was good, wasn't it? Oh, I feel some applause there. I, I was just sort of settling in for, you know... A long passage and trying to trying to think of something witty to say, to, you know, no matter what was being said in the writing. But that was very good. That mm. well done, well I done. Did <clears throat> the place wasn't exactly bustling, but there were a few customers. Most were businessmen. Were I beg your pardon? Most were businessmen. A fact made obvious by their clean-cut suits. And the universal possession of both a briefcase and some sort of high-tech means of communication, be it laptop computer, cellular telephone, or for an extra dollop of pretense, an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you know, you managed to date your own story. I'm reading the story from an iPad now, my word. The irony abounds. Oh, dear me. Or for an extra dollop of pretense, an iPad. But as with any airport bar, there was the occasional tourist to be found. I bet she's a woman. Some sat alone, drinking out of habit. Some drank to pass the time. Or in the case of one patron, who was trembling to such an extent that most of the fluid from his glass poured down upon the tabletop in a style that Noah himself would deem worthy of boat building. To put a fear of flying to rest. It was a bit much that. There's a bit much there. Did I hear the word Noah correctly? Yeah. Right, so could could, could, could we maybe go back and just just read that line again? Sure. Um, Or in the case of one patron, and then I open parenthesis here, who was trembling to such an extent that most of the fluid from his glass poured down upon the tabletop in a style that Noah himself would deem worthy of boat building. Close parenthesis. Hmm. To put a fear of flying to rest. That was a bit rambling, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't think the rambling was the, was the biggest problem with it. <laughs> okay. Um, Please do go on. I, 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 to be honest, I don't think it really needs analysis to explain why, why that didn't work. But it, well, I, you know, I think, I, you know, I think maybe you just haven't quite um, understood what I was trying to convey. Well, that's entirely what was, possible. What I was trying to say was that this man, who's terrified of of being in an in an airplane, so he's having a drink to, to kind of calm him. Uh, to, to kind of calm him down a bit. What's happening is this man is trembling so much, glass in hand, mm-hmm. that the drink is sloshing out onto the countertop in a style reminiscent of the biblical flood of Noah. Did that come across, or was that 
or was that so highbrow that it was inaccessible? I think it might have been a bit a bit high. Could, could we just hear the, the, the tiny bit about Noah and the boat again? Just, just those <laughs> of few words. Of course. Um, <clears throat> who was trembling to such an extent that most of the fluid from his glass poured down upon the tabletop in a style that Noah himself would deem worthy of boat building. Right. Here's here's where I I struggle with it the most. I because right. you've explained it to me now, so I so I now see what you were going for. But it came across to me at least. And maybe I'll just sound like the obtuse one that it, that it it it's, it sounded as uh, like as though like I was being asked to imagine that when the boat was being built, presumably in in the water, that this was the amount of water that'd be sloshing over. The, so I, but I, I now see where you're coming from. But mm. it was a bit much. It was a bit much. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's fair. And I like to think that today, um, that I would have a bit more finesse than that mm. in this imagery. But, <clears throat> but then again, maybe that's the kind of metaphor that someone who's just had their heart broken at an airport, um, airport would, come would, would come up with in his own head. Would come up with, of course. Yeah. Anyhow, <clears throat> or in the case of one patron, in s- s- or that clumsy imagery there, in the case of one patron, to put a fear of flying to rest. Others sat in numbers. Families tried to keep their y- y- younger, more restless members under control. Groups of friends, male and female alike, talked loudly and laughed louder as they drank, either looking forward to a much-anticipated holiday or looking back upon one well-spent. Cool. Some sat at tables in the middle of the room. Others opted for the added intimacy that was offered by the booths lining the walls, while all appeared to avoid the bar stools. Brian could only speculate as to the nature of the of the stigma associated with this seating position, as from the corner of his eye, he became aware of the barman's penetrating gaze upon him, as a selected bottle was unstoppered, and a fresh glass was placed on the counter. I I enjoyed that. I thought was that, that good? was. I thought that that conveyed Brian's ever escalating sense of loneliness and isolation pretty damn well without having to spell it out. Hmm. Okay. I'll take that on board. As Brian's gaze fell upon the plaque above the, uh, above the b- bar, he realised that he had no idea what the name of this bar was. That's, that's an enjoy. odd thing to wonder about in, a, I, in an I, airport bar. I, I think you'll enjoy this this part. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was by no means fluent in German, but but he had picked up enough in school to decipher that the bar was called the framing device. Wow. Where to begin with that one? <laughs> um, I mean, Kyle, I, I, what, do you, what is the German for framing device? You know, David, it's, it's, it's a very interesting question because... You know, I did German in school up until GCSE and received an A star. And even at that stage... So, um, so what, in your GCSE or before uh, the GCSE? At GCSE German, I oh, got an A star. Very good. 
Uh, but of course, I wrote th- uh, I wrote this piece at the age of twenty, so a long time had passed, and you know, I I I, I I'd forgotten pretty much all the German I'd ever known. But even at the very peak of my German-speaking powers, I couldn't have even begun to, const- to, to construct such a um, such an arch turn of phrase. Mm, no, no kidding. I actually think like so. So if I was gonna, can you Google it there? I I will Google it. But there's another word that's come to mind that might have worked a bit better. Uh, if I can oh, just dear. remember what it is. Uh... Because I think with time, the the, the significance of that being the name of the bar will become blindingly apparent. Right. I reckon what you should have called it was uh, a building's Roman. Which apparently is... Yeah, in... I, 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 I know what it means, but... Yeah, explain it, please. What, what, well, well, what does what it mean? Because I'm not totally sure about, it, about the definition. It's like a coming-of-age tale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, but it also sounds like a building from the word... See, but David, the bar isn't a building. It's only part of the building. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this was a good idea to begin with, but <laughs> trying to damage control here. So let me look at what framing device is in German. Is in German, yes. Look, look that, of course. But I remember at the time I was, I was very proud of that. Yeah, I, I thought I was... I mean, we haven't even got into why any bar would possibly consider calling itself a framing device. I'm going to put that down to... Um, a, 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 a titillated audience's willing sense of disbelief. I mean, you know, it's it's the kind of trick I've seen people pull at that kind of age as well. But, like, it's, you know, in just, like, a few words, you've managed to make both the story arch and the events happening in the story arch. Like, mm. it's arch in-universe now. And myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We are right at the, uh, right at the keystone there, I think. Oh, God. Right, so, um, so there, there, there seem to be two options. One of them is, God, um, Richtung or Empfangsdaten Framing Voriktung. I think either of those would sound wonderful as the name of an airport. You, you could even have both with a forward slash. You could do. separating them. I'd be on board with that, and I'd go as far to say here and now, in front of the countless few audience members we still have, that if I ever open a bar, that's what it'll be called. Framing device. Oh. Yeah. Um, how about puzzles? I think that's quite a good name for a bar. Wonderful. Let's move on with the story. This struck Brian as odd, as he could not see any f- photographs or paintings adorning the walls, let alone frames to hold them. Don't... (laughs) Like, we could have have skipped over the whole framing device clunk, but to to drag it... Oh, okay. You know, just to hit that home for the uneducated amongst us. Okay. Okay. It's got them interested. Now, there were three things in this world that Brian loved. The first was his dog. The only creature on God's green earth who loved Brian more than he, the dog, loved himself. Wait, wait, so, sorry, sorry. The, yeah, that, the, the that, dog that, loves Brian more than the dog loves himself. The first was his dog. The only creature on God's green earth who loved Brian 
More than he, the dog loves... Yeah, that, do- that doesn't make sense. So, so the, the dog is the narcissist. The do- so the dog loves Brian more than the dog loves himself. So, so is that... So, so, so the, the, the dog is really self-centred, but will make an exception for Brian's case. Or... Right, okay, I think... I think it's what it's trying to say. What I was trying to say at the time was this d- d- dog is the only creature in the world who loves Brian m- more than that. <laughs> I can see I, why I struggled with this at the time. This I, was ambitious. Yeah. Right. So he said that everybody else, apart from his pet dog, loves themselves more than they love him, Brian. Oh, right. Dog. Okay, yeah. I see. I I think I think you would have been better served to have said what you just said in the in yeah. the story. That would I have... think I'd have been better served not to. Have... Maybe I should have cut this whole paragraph because we still have two more things that Brian loves to go. <laughs> well, if that was number one, I'm looking forward to number three. Things can only, things can only get crap, get wrapped up. <clears throat> the second was the allure of a carbonated drink from a. Foreign country. Hmm. Here, here we see author self-insertion at its worst. Not a single holiday passed wherein Brian would turn up the opportunity to venture into a local supermarket and spend what felt like hours in the soft drink aisle, poring over bottle after bottle of strange new products. You know, Carl, I think what this is really showing us is that your true calling in the words of, <laughs> you know... In the world of the written form, is is travel writing? I think so. I I think you would be better served as you know the new Bill Bryson, <laughs> but, like, but, but like but like like a really kind of like sellout corporate owned Bill Bryson. <laughs> I, I know I'm I'm, I'm going to take take that as a compliment. <clears throat> no, no, I mean I mean that sincerely as a compliment. For sure. <clears throat> Pouring over bottle after bottle of strange new products, then after some time his need fulfilled, he would leave without making any purchase and never tasting that which fascinated him so, lest the magic be spoiled. Well, that's a pretty potent phrase. Um, But will we see that motif recurring, maybe? Who knows? I've, I've just glanced ahead and seen why I've gone off on this tangent, and I think... Well, are we are we heading towards? Let's read up. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, th- I think we know where it's going, but go on. The third What's number three, Kyle. The third was a good pun. Oh, be it oh. making them. I, re- I you know, I'd actually rather you had said women. <sighs> be okay. it making them, or simply being granted the privilege of hearing one, he loved them one and all. After a brief moment of hope that the name of this establishment be some sort of cunning play on words, and upon finding no evidence to this effect, he decided that it may just have been some kind of in-joke for the owner of the premises. So we're still on the name of the bar. We're still on the framing device. Wow, we've, you know, that we, we've sort of, like, gone up our own house. Like, uh, well, I, I think like, I, it, it, it I certainly like, have. It feels like a community moment there. The, the layers of meta-textual stuff to sure. rip apart with that little... Yeah, no, that was Nowhere good. near as entertaining. But so, <laughs> so just, just to recap, the three things that he loves most in the world are his dog, uh-huh. who... Fo- 
who who well, hang on who his his dog who is much less self-centered than all the other humans on the planet uh-huh, uh-huh. um <laughs> to the extent that he puts brian's needs above his own which no one else has managed to do and i think that's a bit sad i think it is yeah i think i think that's pretty tragic um, i think it makes, it makes him a bit relatable yeah, I, I yeah. find myself relating to that. It I've, makes I've, us sympathise with Brian, even at this early stage of the story. I, I find myself envying Brian that he even had a dog. Yeah, think about that. So so we've got the dog, mm. um, foreign carbonated drinks, mm-hmm. and... Which he must never taste, lest the magic be spoiled. And puns. Mm. Okay, that's, that's an interesting collection of, of, it, of the only three things to love in the world. He loves them one and all. That's that's all he loves, you know. Perhaps this is why uh, his heart break, which we may hear about soon, came to be. Perhaps he just wasn't available. Okay, I mean, perhaps he was. Perhaps he wasn't really present in any relationships he may he have had. Too too invested in the puns. Possibly. Just, just in general about whether words and sort of other yeah. images that he encounters in his day-to-day life, whether that constituted a pun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it does sort of, like, do you think this is maybe setting you up to riddle the whole story with puns from here on out? Well, no, in a word. I don't think there are many of them in the story. I think this this, protect, this particular character attribute of, of Brian was dropped as quickly as it was picked up i see okay. i don't really think this is going to have a lot of a lot in the way of puns in it so if you're at home and you're one of these people who much like our fictional protagonist loves a good pun you might be best to turn off now maybe, maybe that's actually just a really genius move on the part of the writer that brian loves puns but the world he now inhabits and walks through is so so detached from the things he loves that he cannot find a pun anywhere Give that man a coconut. <clears throat> I'll take a sip for that. <laughs> he decided that it must just have been some kind of in-joke for the owner of the premises. <laughs> and there's more. Uh, he, ca- he came to the same conclusion as he tried to translate the bar's slogan, displayed proudly on the same plaque as the establishment's name. Now, David, you know as well as I do that there's not a bar in the whole kingdom that does not have a slogan on a plaque above the bar. I, I, I honestly can't think of one. I don't think I've ever noticed <laughs> the no, bar's I, slogan. Hmm. I don't think it's a thing. No. I mean, Unless I, I, it's the I, most sort of like tacky American chain bar you can imagine, like TGI Fridays. You know, a family restaurant with a bar in it that does like four yeah. cocktails. That, that being you said, know? if you've called your bar framing device... Then, then I probably would expect you to have a slogan as well. You may as well keep going, yeah. Um, so he came to the same conclusion as he tried to translate the bar's slogan, displayed proudly on the same plaque as the establishment's name. The phrase surpassed his knowledge of the German language. As, was, as, as did... As did the name. <laughs> but he was vaguely able to understand something about a... Fourth wall, oh. lying in tatters. Oh, I, you know, I, to be fair, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so like, <laughs> like, uppity about all this because in my in my failed eighty-page meandering, there was a line. In fact, no, I never actually, I never actually wrote it. I planned it but didn't write it. Um, mm. In which 
the two protagonists were going to be, um, I believe, rebuilding the ancestral home of the other after a fire had ravaged it. Um, and in the process, um, they, they they need to get rid of some of the, the, the detritus lying around. And one yeah. of them says, oh, can, can, you, can you just knock down the... That that wall over there, and he said, "Well, well the, the, this one, no, 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 no the, the fourth one, the fourth one, and and they, they literally knock it down." And that oh, that sorry, that was that was my that was my yeah, young man's attempt at being clever. What and just out of interest, was your introduction to the term uh, fourth w- w- wall? Did that come from Wikipedia, perchance? I I honestly can't remember. I don't think so. Like mm-hmm. I, I I like to hope that I, I was it aware of it. Did anyway. with me. I mean, it t- did with me. To be fair, I I had to look up what buildings from buildings Roman meant, and and you just knew it off the top of your head. That's I'd, what I'd heard it before. Will do for but it. I but I don't remember. I think you heard it from me. I did not hear it from you. I definitely heard it at the time when I was writing these stories. Nary but... a week goes past where that word doesn't pass my lips. Do Do you know what the other other one is? To be fair, what? I'm gonna have to look this up as well. Um... But I think it begins with a K. Um, I think it's for like uh, maybe maybe not. Let's let's move on from this. What okay. what's what's happening now? Are we still we still in the airport bar? Yeah, we are. we're still we're. Uh, listen, he, he he hasn't even had a his drink hasn't even been poured yet. Will Will I laugh at the scene in the bar, Kyle? I think there'll be a laugh to be had at the scene in the bar. It, just just out of interest, because I'm I'm curious to know how. Um, like how 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 reading something out sort of maps onto reading something with your own eyes. How 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 many lines have we read so far? How many pages? Let me just see. So there's the fourth wall lying in tatters. Bear in mind, I'm not in Microsoft Word at the minute, so I can't really tell. I'm going off my iPad in the Notes app. So I would say maybe about a page. Okay, so so we're one out of twelve, and okay. I'm thinking of wrapping this episode up quite soon. This might be a longer mini series than we can do. <laughs> twelve episode epic. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, okay. Let's 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 carry on. Let's keep on it. Let's keep on it. <clears throat> he decided not to dwell on such trivial m- m- on such trivial m- matters, as the barkeep returned with a glass. It was an average-sized tumbler. One that would require one and a half fills to accommodate your standard aluminium can of pop. But it was by no means full. You should, have re- I, you should really consider that travel writer career. Have I gone into too much description with, when it comes to the size of the glass? Um, could, it, could it just have been stopped that it was an average size tumbler? Looking back, I think that would have been plenty. I mean, we're, we're at about 8% of the, of the whole story so far. I don't think so. No, I, th- I, think... I think this is all crucial and necessary to the to the character development. If anything, we could do with hearing more about the size of the tumbler. I think so. I, I like to think that there's a, a sort of a midquel in the works. Yeah, which which For focuses sure. solely on in the bar. Yeah, the minutiae of the bar and the different cast and ca- yeah. cast of characters that come in and go. This do, do, could just do you be have... first in a series. Do you have a, a Timon and Pumba, or, or for the more sort of erudite listeners, do you have a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in this book? Uh, if anyone, I think it's going to be the man who spilt his drink into a biblical flood. I think, I what, think we wait, could hear more from him. What's his story? Yeah. I don't know. To be fair, he's the most compelling What's he so scared of? What's I'll... he running from? What's he drinking? Or not, as the case may be. Uh, yeah, no, to, to be fair, I'm, you know, I'm more invested in him than I am in the German barkeep. Um, 
obviously Brian is still the main focus, but mm. I, I I like to hear more, more about this this nameless nameless pirate to the side. Well, maybe that maybe that will come in another in another series quite it's, like this. It's a bit next year. It's a bit rhyme of the ancient mariner, isn't it? Actually, him sitting there with all these kind of nautical themes. Did you say he had a beard? He has a beard, right? Who? The your your oh the barman or Brian? no 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 uh, not, no the other one the the Noah's Ark sloshy guy. No, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a beard. I, I've been picturing a beard all this time. Well, you know, David, if it's what that? you see, it's there. How about that? And you know, yeah, I I really think he has a tale to tell. I think this could have gone another way if he if he'd let that guy tell him his story. Maybe he'd have found closure on his own. We may never know. So, as an average sized tumbler, that was by no means full. A dark brown liquid lay lazily. Check that out. Mm. A dark brown liquid lay lazily at the bottom of the glass, scarcely filling one fifth of the vessel's volume. That's a lot of alliteration in one sentence. And it also makes me think the barman has grossly misjudged the type of tumbler to pour this drink in. Mm. Scarcely yeah. filling a fifth. Scarcely filling a fifth. Yeah, I was once heavily criticised for using the phrase "not but five minutes later" in a. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the worst thing. I like that. Yeah, I know, but it was in a, it was in a uh, like, like a, a story about Vikings <laughs> that I wrote when I was when I was maybe like fifteen or so for, for, for Not but five minutes later. Yeah. That's very you. Is it? I suppose it I is, but so. isn't it? Arch, but ultimately pretty boring. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Chance would be a fine thing. Scarcely filling one-fifth of the vessel's volume. Oh, yes, this is where the xenophobia might come to the fore. <laughs> Brian! Brian! Oh, fuck, now I'm a bit nervous about reading this out. Brian, I... Shall I, I timestamp this? So we can, Maybe, just we can in cut case. This if we have to. All right, go for it. <laughs> Brian eyed the measure with suspicion before looking back to the Gestapo officer before him. Fucking hell, you can't, you, you, you can't you, put that... You, you can't, can't say that, that today, can you? That's, that's straight out in the editorial room. That's cutting room To be fair, four. I did give Gestapo a capital G. Ooh, 56 minutes in. Ooh. Yeah, but Serious that, that, race. I'm it's gonna, staying I'm, in. I'm going to give that two exclamation marks out of it's three. Dang. <laughs> the goal over the course of this story is to hit three. You know, if, like, if the Germans weren't doing so well in Europe these days compared to everyone else, that would be really, really hot stuff. Yeah. I mean, if that was a Greek person, I mean, I'd be out the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Jesus. and right and rightly so. No, of course. So he eyed the measure with suspicion before looking back to this pleasant man at the bar. <clears throat> How much? He asked, trying and failing to sound nonchalant. No, have, have, have you ever been handed, you know, a drink or any goods in a shop at all, and have just looked at the ones that the person said, "How much?" Um, I, I, I think I would always say, um, I would probably say, um, how much is that? Yeah, that would sound a bit. But you know, I suppose I have said that he was trying and failing to sound nonchalant. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 consistent. It's flowing well for me. Okay. <clears throat> Zeben Euro came the reply. That's in italics, by the way. Just, just to but, make it clear that you, is a foreign language. But you couldn't find the time to, to look up the translation for framing device and put I that in I italics. I think I did, but thought it wouldn't read well. 
okay. I think it would weigh well, I mean, heavily as, on the structure. As we've discovered from Google, it's a bit of a mouthful. It is. Zeebin the Oiro, came the reply. <clears throat> Brian was thankful he hadn't taken a sip already, as this revelation would have caused him to spit it back at the barman in an incredibly slapstick and cliched manner. He was almost certain that all humour to be derived from the experience, ironically or otherwise, would have been lost on the man. <laughs> great, great stuff. Oh, good, good job. Brian fumbled in his pockets, producing a crumpled and unfamiliar note and various coins, with which he was still not on first name terms. Again, trying and again failing to seem cool, Brian slid the money across across the bar and quipped, keep the change. From the withering I, look he received... What's sorry? I was just going to say, I've always wanted to be someone who could say, keep the change. Keep the change. Well, you, usually it's like, oh, oh, no, don't worry, just keep, keep the change. That's that's my version. <laughs> this, this may change your mind. From the withering look he received, Brian determined that the barman was either more ill-tempered than first thought, or that he had just been given exact change, or very little more. I'm curious as to how sheltered Brian's life has been, if he can't, you know, he does have some, you know, he knows enough German to sort of vaguely recognise the phrase, the fourth wall line in tatters. (laughs) But he struggles with sieben euro or seven euros, <laughs> and struggles even more to sort of calculate seven euros from this wealth of coinage and paper money that he produces from his pocket. It's making us making us ask questions, though. We're, we're wondering about this guy. Yeah, it is, and I, mu- I must stress this isn't you know that part isn't autobiographical at all because of course I did work in a bank for quite some time. Did you, Kyle? Mm. You worked in a bank. Yeah, but I fear that's a story for another day. Mm. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, Brian determined that the barman was either more ill-tempered than first thought, or that he had just been given exact change, or very little more. Out of pure spite, he <laughs> hoped for the latter. <laughs> that's very me, isn't I, it? Oh, it, yeah, you're, you're shining through here, Kyle. Out of pure spite, he hoped for the latter. <laughs> I don't know how much that's in keeping with Brian. It's not. It's that doesn't really match the picture of Brian I painted in my own head, at least. It's, it, it, you know, it's a fair point though that if you were to be given, if you gave a little bit too much money, like just so there was a little bit of change there. But if it was like a sort of like seven p type thing, if you were to then say, keep the change, then I, don't know, I would I would take that very badly. As the barman walked off and began to polish a glass, as barmen the world want over, to do. Or okay. often want to do. <laughs> Brian lowered his head and stared into the murky depths of the glass. He was amazed at the pungent aroma of the m- m- minuscule volume. It appealed to and repulsed him, beckoned him and rejected him, overpowered him and submitted to his will. Oh, we're cooking now, Kyle. We're cooking. You know, we were, we were lagging for a bit with all that framing device pun stuff, but you've brought it roaring back. That's that, it. That felt like a Breaking Bad moment if ever there was one. We're at gas mark nine. 
would gas mark would gas mark mine be the equivalent of your threat level midnight? <laughs> oh, that's quite uh, good for sure. Was this really the answer? Brian was surprised he had even had to ask himself the question. For so long now, he had turned his back on the demon drink and all its powers. I can relate to that. He had seen friends change into entirely different people after a few tipples, both for worse and for the better. In this, his moment of weakness, would he really resort to this? Will just, will he end up like the guy down the bar? Perhaps. Old old Beardy himself. I mean, to me, uh, and he, and you know, I do often say that I'm my own harshest critic, but I do think this sounds a bit melodramatic, and it's only going to get worse. To be honest, that's like, like that's like the baseline melodrama in anything I ever wrote. <laughs> if I managed to bring it down to that level, I was doing well. I I I, th- I think this next sentence will go down well. He was not n- naive enough to think that this one sip would turn him into a raging alcoholic, but he had to admit it was a slippery slope. That's very good. I remember at at, at the time thinking, this sounds a bit twee. This sounds a bit like a very special episode of like a cartoon. Where the where the kids warned not to take a drink because the new mean kid at school drinks behind school. If if it was, then the the only thing that sentence lacked would have been in parentheses after the phrase slippery slope, or should that be slippery slope? <laughs> See, this is why we should write a novel together. <laughs> Collaborative novel. I set them up, you knock them down. That'd be it. I'm on board for that. Um, there must be ways to to write a novel over the course of a of a of a podcast. You know, if anyone can, I think it's two thoughts. It's the two thoughts, boys. Yeah. <clears throat> but he had to admit it was a slippery slope. What if this one drink made him feel even slightly b- better about himself? About what had happened within the last twenty four hours? About how he had lost it all. About how he had lost the only thing in his whole damn life that had ever really mattered to him. Oh, so we've Kyle. just we've just dropped a D bomb. Oh, that that hit pretty hard. You know how in BoJack Horseman they have one one F word every series and they yeah. save it for the moment of the maximum impact. Yeah. That that was what your your little D bomb felt to me. Uh, mm, that went down a treat. His whole damn life that had ever really mattered to him. Oh. Kyle, what <laughs> if? What if? So, just to spell it out there. Sorry, was it, was that was that two what ifs? Yeah, yeah. One with a question mark. The second one with an ellipsis. A dot dot dot. <laughs> what if? Each in its own paragraph. I must add. I'm sorry. Really? There's a line. Oh, there's a line. Oh, that's amazing. That's oh, fantastic. This, this needs to be printed, I think. I think it does. That's so good. <laughs> Brian took the glass in his hand, raised it to his, m- 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 to his m- mouth, and as the cool, burning liquid flowed into his mouth, that's two mentions of mouth, his thoughts wandered back to everything that had happened. 
This was going to be a long drink. Are we are we going to slam cut to three weeks earlier? I, you know, yes, I think <laughs> we will. There is a sec- section here that's it's not too long. It's maybe about half of what we've done already. You know, but I do think that would be quite a good place to end this episode. Just put the bookend on it there with with the the, the kind of with the sentence we opened with. But I think we do need to hear a little bit more to keep the audience coming back. Oh yeah, we we've had the prologue. You know, we're we're hooked now. Reel us in. We are, in every way possible, coming out of the framing device. It was a Saturday night. And once again, Brian was spending it alone in his room. Been there. This was not through necessity. Brian was by no means unpopular. Just to reassure, <laughs> just, to, just make... to reassure the readers <laughs> that he doesn't have any problems. You know, he could be out with his friends, but he don't want to be. You know, this it's this isn't a necessity for him. Right. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Uh, Brian was by no means unpopular. He had m- 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 many friends whom he liked, and a handful of close friends whom he cherished. Oh, I was I was wondering if we were going to get like you know like a and an, an a few that he loved or something like that. But yeah, yeah. cherished was the right word. I it's like a nice that. word, isn't it? Mm. Whom he cherished. <clears throat> Unfortunately, these close friends were either still away at university or away on holiday, and the double whammy of attending a university that chose to end its exam season about three weeks earlier than all others in the country and a summer holiday that lasted all of three days immediately after said exam season was what led Brian to be in the situation he was in now. Could you keep track of that sentence? I mean, like, I'm aware of your sentiments when it comes to the Edinburgh... Mm. university term dates so i was i was you know i, I followed that pretty well but uh, but i'm let, let, let's hear the sentence again <clears throat> um ba, 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 ba. and the d- d- double whammy of attending a university that chose to end its exam season about three weeks earlier than all others in the country and a summer holiday that lasted all of three days immediately after said exam season was what led Brian to be in the situation he was in now. If ever a sentence has required a comma, that was it. I mean, I, I, was, I assumed and I thought as we were going through it the second time, I hope there's a comma after that and. There are none. There are that. none in there. There's none. Not a single comma. Wow. Not a single comma. And wow. that was only about half the sentence. It was more before that. So, oh, well, we, we jumped in with and the double whammy and that was... And the that double was, whammy. Yeah, okay. okay, well, I mean, there, so, actually, so, there are two commas before that. I, uh, but, yeah. Were you saying that after the, the exam season, there's only three days of summer holiday? The double whammy of attending a university. <laughs> Hold on. The chose to end its exam season after three weeks earlier, okay. And a summer holiday... That lasted all of three days immediately after said. Yeah, that seems to be what I'm saying. And that's it's, are you implying that, that, that the summer that, holiday lasts only that a few the, days? The warmth of summer only lasts that long before we're back into the grey sludge. Is that is that what you're getting at? I think you're giving me too much credit there. 
a summer holiday. <laughs> was it, was it just like a spectacular failure to recognise that the summer holiday is usually like a month or two? I th- or it might just be that he only gets to stay, you know, wherever he is for a few days after his exams before he has to come home. Okay, that might be it. Whereas it's, it's everybody else mystery. doesn't really have that. Yeah, man, yeah. mystery is Brian. What think, what what's happening that stops him having more summer holiday? I think one thing that can be said about about my prose more so than anything else is that it asks more questions <laughs> than it answers it doesn't treat the readers like fools no it, it, no, make, it, it makes them work for their story it doesn't talk down to anybody of any r- 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 race creed or age Im- impenetrability is a good thing the more impenetrable it is the better it is Absolutely. As I've always said, greatness does not require elucidation. And that's something I stand by. Do you, do you know what the word elucidation means, though, Carl? Uh, easy now. T- tell easy. you what, I'll, I'll explain it to you. David, listen, <laughs> time's marching on. We need to keep on with the story. <clears throat> sure. Some of his other friends had requested his presence at various parties get-togethers, and shindigs all over th- the p- province. Ah, my, almost... my boy Brian only does the pre-drinks. <laughs> but almost all of them involved clubbing. And I think we're going to get a diatribe from Brian here about another thing he hates. It's about time. I mean, we, almost... we've had three things he loves, only one thing he hates so far, really. I'm looking forward to the next one. I think we need to even those odds. But almost all of them involved clubbing. Clubbing was a pastime that had long fascinated Brian. People seemed to love it, even live for it, taking every free evening they got as a wonderful opportunity to indulge in their pleasure of attending a poorly lit, overly loud room, getting too sweaty to even remember being comfortable, and writhe about in rhythm to what can only be described as the death cry of a robot being slowly and painfully killed in a matter that probably involved something entering somewhere which was designed for use as an exit. Well, that was good. I like that. I, I disagree. Was, I, was, I was not expecting the ro- I I enjoyed the robot metaphor. Mm. Were you, were you, were you not, you're not a fan of it now? I don't, th- I, I, I don't think it qualifies as a metaphor. I, get, I suppose it's technically a simile, isn't it? Yeah, it does have an as there. And, you know, well, what is a Emily, if not the poor man's m- 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 metaphor. Oh, that, I mean, t- to be fair, that is just something the English teachers used to say, though, isn't it? If you're thinking of doing mine. similes, use a metaphor instead. It's better. Always use a metaphor. Uh, really? I think so. I don't know. I, I think it's a case-by-case basis. Okay. Very good. <laughs> um, it had to be the... the Drink. It was the only logical choice. People drank. People enjoyed clubbing. Brian didn't drink and didn't enjoy clubbing. It was as simple as that. This this story is really more about alcoholism, isn't it? Than heartbreak. (laughs) Just about drinking in general. Mm, You know. Yeah. Drinking. You know. You know. We've we've had a mention of. Frosty chocolate the milkshakes. We've had a mention of foreign soft drinks. We've had an overwhelming propensity for alcohol. Maybe this is indicative of that time 
um, where you know I was hitting vodka quite heavily. Mm. I mean, I, I have another friend who who doesn't drink at all, and when he was going through a nasty breakup, he he strongly considered hitting the sauce. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing that young men of a certain persuasion go through, I guess. Madness, isn't it? It isn't bad. <clears throat> so. What does one do when spending a Saturday night alone in one's room? Ah, I see. Now we're getting to it. There we go. Here comes the sauce. Ready for gas mark 10. Any number of things, really. But Brian was partaking in the most boring and most innocent option and was tending to some business on Facebook. He had some photos that that needed tagging, not urgent. Some which needed de-tagging, urgent. (laughs) Had to post a status that would gain a respectable amount of (laughs) of likes. Started young. Somewhat urgent. And had to hide some friends from his homepage as their statuses had, for one reason or another, be it their strength in numbers or their weakness in relevance, humour, or common decency, been towing the line that was Brian's threshold for tolerance for too long now. (laughs) Wow. All in all, he had a productive evening planned. And that's still very much how how I approach Facebook. It is, isn't it? And social media, yeah. You know, I haven't evolved at all since then. That's purely um, autobiographical there. Oh, yeah. Manny's a Saturday I, I night in my tell. early 20s was spent in that exact situation. I mean, I guess at the age of 20, we're all like that. Even the mm. ones who end up better now. Everyone's very sort of, yeah, Facebook. Um, when, when, when was, would you say there's a point where you, um, you stopped caring as much? Uh, it hasn't come yet. Mm. No, mm. no, no, it has. It definitely has. Um it was maybe two or three years ago now where I, re- where, you know, I just realised that, you know, I hated so much of what was on Facebook, and I think I'm still there, but I hated so much of what was on there that I realised, you know, it couldn't be everyone else that is the problem. It couldn't be everybody and everything else that was weird and wrong. Indeed not. So... Uh, I took to Twitter <laughs> and Vine, and there we go. Where a man can truly express himself. Yeah, in 140 characters or less. <clears throat> Where was I? Right. <clears throat> he had been attending to this business for about 20 m- m- minutes and was taking a well-deserved rest to partake in some of the pleasures that YouTube had offered up in its day's bounty when he noticed you were allowed to brand these these things like this in your in your story well yes it's, 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 so. it's a genuine question i'm not sure like like is is that is that allowed or? as long as it's not libel i think we're fine i do like the word libelous you know i word, i still it? remember That's learning the difference libel. between slander and libel in what is in the difference sp- between slander and libel well in the words of jane german jameson when Peter Parker is saying, like, you, you, you can't say this about Spider-Man, that's slander. And he says, oh, no, 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 I won't have that. Not in my office. It's not slander. In print, it's libel. <laughs> and I, that was how I learned the difference. <laughs> oh, superb. 
<clears throat> so uh, he was checking this, yada, 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 yada. Uh, when he n- n- noticed something at the top of his m- monitor screen. It was normally ambiguous. It could be the forebearer of g- g- good news, a messenger of doom, or simply an alert to something so inane that it, that it made your average glossy magazine appear as sophisticated as the works of Oscar Wilde himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, lovely. Lovely. Tr- truly, this was a man on the edge. <laughs> He was a man who, 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 who had seen behind the tapestry of the modern world. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Beside the caption that read Facebook in its tab header, a parenthesized one had appeared. Brian never really gave them the thought that they deserved. merely investigating them, tending to their needs, then moving on. Much like how a social worker treats their clients. (laughs) Being careful not to invest themselves too much for the sake of the job. Yeah, I was getting worried there. Bit of of biting satire. I think I pulled it back. You know, I make it quite complimentary to the people of that profession. Yeah. Being careful not to invest themselves too much for the sake of the job. That was Not, that was running close to the edge of there. Rather than painting them as cold, callous, and uncaring, <laughs> as I feared I had, because I, I, I mean I don't have any beef with the. <laughs> it's an odd thing to suddenly randomly pick a fight. Isn't it? <laughs> the social workers, damn them. Next up, <laughs> nurses. <laughs> the, 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 this notification, though, had an ominous air about it. Mm. Brian hesitated before he clicked back to that tab. And had he gone with his initial instinct of calling it a day, closing the lid of his laptop and turning in for the night, he could have saved himself considerable embarrassment, a hell of a lot of money, and a big bowl of heartache. A big bowl of heartache? A big bowl of heartache. That's quite a a nice phrase. (laughs) That'd be quite a good. Uh, it would be quite a good episode title. A big it? bowl of heartache. Yeah. A big bowl of heartache, or like, if I ever r- r- release a country and western album. Heart heartache big, or heartbreak. Heartache is what it says here. That's a pity. A big bowl of heartache. Big bowl of heartbreak. I think you uh, know like slight, slightly more alliteration. No, mm. Yeah. But David, you can get too much of a good thing. You can. You can go overboard. But Brian did not know, or but Brian did not follow what his gut told him, choosing instead to reopen that tab. Thus was his Hamarsha born. <laughs> oh, hang on, my ears That's popped. Good, isn't it? My ears popped. Oh, someone was remembering that English literature level. That's a physiological <laughs> response that I popped in here with that. Thus was his rem- Hamarsha born. David. I remember, like. Going through the play section, like the, the play module in in my in my literature level, and you know, and I can't remember like who, who, like whether or not the teacher said it or whether like it was something I thought of myself. I was like, oh, I better make sure I work in each of these different Greek dramatic mm. moments. And like, I've, I've got catharsis. That's in fine. Hamash is a tricky one to get in. <laughs> Bathos was one that I wanted to make sure I got in, as well as pathos. Oh God, young people are so pretentious. 
Thus was his Hamarsha born. Post-click over, Brian was greeted with a message that transformed... Oh, this is good. That transformed his stomach into a lepidopterist's wet dream. Now, this is interesting because one of my memories from English Air Level was um, studying the Great Gatsby. And there's a point, I think, where someone's describing it's like, like, like a moth or something. And I made a big, long really kind of rambling thing about it in an essay that I did about like the differences between moths and butterflies and how this signifies that and but deep down so blah 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 and one of the comments I got in an otherwise I think pretty well received essay from my teacher was um, where I'd written in this paragraph about the moths and the butterflies Fitzgerald clearly intended and he, he wrote with a big red line saying he was not trying to lepidopterate and I looked up what he could possibly mean by that and discovered that word so I, I'm I'm enjoying the um, little, little callbacks that. in my own history there <clears throat> so he was greeted with a message that transformed his his stomach into a lepidopterist's wet dream <clears throat> that's a really good line I like it a lot in fact that's an amazing line <laughs> <laughs> I think it's terrible <clears throat> I mean I would never write it myself but, no but, I, but I'm enjoying it <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think it's a line for two fobs but maybe not a Maybe a not a doctor's sweat dream. Yeah. yeah, maybe not anything you'd want to actually put your own name to. Exactly, you wouldn't want someone to be thumbing through one of your <laughs> works in W. H. Smith's at the airport, no less, and come across the phrase "a lepidopterous wet dream." <clears throat> Lisa Herzelite posted on your wall. That's who we're calling her. Okay, Lisa, Lisa Herzelite. Lisa Herzelite. What? H e r z e l e i d is the surname. What does that mean? Heartache or uh, okay. It's either heartache or, or, or heartbreak. <laughs> it was only a Google away. Oh, I, you know, I knew I'm, it would have to mean something. I'm wondering if Brian's, um, you know, and almost Lisa, professional Lisa bit... grasp of the German language <laughs> allow him to grasp the irony of this girl's last name. He's, yeah, he's clearly someone who's studied the language but has never ever been there before. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 what's her first name? Lisa. Lisa, that's, yes, that's uh, that's an interesting choice, Kyle. I think it's 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 a strong Aryan name. It, it is, it is. It it also sounds like other names, wouldn't it? Though mm. Lisa Herzlide posted on your wall: <clears throat> if the tiny one could be considered as a prophet of doom, this message would be the equivalent of d- d- of death himself knocking on your door. <laughs> requesting your presence at a get-together he was having later that evening with three of his oldest f- friends. That was a nice little drop there. It was v- very Pratchett. You know, it was, I was it just going to say, this it feels was a uh, really poor very... attempt at Pratchett. You've, you've often expressed disdain for Pratchett. I, no, I've never once disdain, uh, 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 professed disdain for Pratchett. I didn't quite get Pratchett, but I respect the man. Okay, all right, fair enough. You know. But yeah, no, Pratchett came to my mind with that as well. I do f- find his work inaccessible, yes, but that does in no way indicate any d- d- disdain on my part for him or his work. I'm I'm glad you've you've clarified me on that. Mm. You, um, yeah, I, I I'm glad to be corrected. Good. Um, requesting your presence at a get together he was having later that evening with three of his oldest friends. Of course. On the other hand, 
this could be the greatest news he would ever receive. Ooh. And I think we leave it there for now. Oh, Brian. I think that's a good place to leave it, to keep the listeners coming back for but we're, more. We're so hooked at this point. Are, are, are you hooked? Oh, you hooked? I, I, I really, you know... Hook, line and sinker. To see Brian so full of fear, but, but hope as well, and to know where it's all going to end up in that, yeah. that damn bar in Stuttgart. In the framing device. In He's going to wind up device. right back there. This is going to end right back in the framing device. Full circle. As the fourth wall lies in tatters. <laughs> Amazing, amazing stuff. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So we're probably about a quarter or a third of the way into it. Okay. Uh, what do you feel so far? Um, I have to overall admit, thoughts. Um, so, so knowing from the outset that it was going to be twelve pages long, I, I first of all sort of thought that it was going to be kind of like a like a rip roaring action ride. But, mm. but then, sort of realizing that it's going to be a much more sort of um, like like a character piece and sort of a nuanced sort of, piece. A I nuanced think is the piece. word you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, also a character piece, a, a nuanced character piece. If you let's go with that, I, I like that a nuanced character piece, <laughs> and and you know, gr- grounded in in little moments in time where you can sort of you know really see the depth of the human experience encapsulated in a single instant. I've yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I. There, there, there were moments where it was, um, <laughs> yes. moments where I enjoyed it, perhaps in a way that the writer maybe didn't intend. No, let's let's put it that way. Ironically um, enjoyed. Ironically enjoyed. I have to admit though, I I find, find myself chomping at the bit to to, to meet Lisa, and and or, or, or you know, and I, I know we've only just learned what she's called, but you know, her shadow has been hanging over the sorcery since it began in a way, and so mm. I'm. Uh, I'm I'm very keen to see where this ends up. And thus was your Hamarsha born, David. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Carl. Uh, very good. Well, on that note, I think we'll leave it hanging there. But I think we will endeavour to get part two of this little mini-series out to you by next week, listeners, at some stage. Yeah, I, I reckon this will end up being a three-parter. I think so, I think so. Come hell or high water, this will be done in three. <laughs> yeah. As the best t- trilogies always come. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will see you here n- next week. Same b- b- bat time, same b- b- bat channel. Keep it holy now. Go carefully, guys. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs>